Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. It is Monday. It is a Cubs off day. Juice is dying on camera over here. We're ready to go. Um, the San Fran series suck. We're just going to precurse that right now. They obviously lost three out of four. We actually recapped the only victory of that. Joey, we joked about that on Friday's show. It's clearly a sign that we need to do shows That's why. more often. That's why. Um, but nonetheless, nonetheless, we are here to talk trade deadline because we are under 24 hours from the trade deadline. It'll be Tuesday, August 2nd at 6 o'clock Eastern time, so 5 o'clock for us uh, Central Midwesterners uh, of what we are. And we got some stuff to talk about here. But before I get into it, I am Ron Luce. I am joined by Mr. Joey Ricotta and Mr. Juice, the usual suspects here on Cubs on Tap. But we have a friend on the show today. Not really just a friend. He's a contributor here. You guys hear about it every single time. We remind you, go follow this guy. He's always in the comments joining us. But we called him up from AAA. He's making his big league debut. We're very excited to have him, Mr. Tyler Edmonds. My friend, for starters, we got to give you the floor first. How are you? Guys, how's things? I'm, I'm great. I'm excited. I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to be on here, you know, listen to you guys. And it's just, you know, I'm excited, ready to go. Like you said, I'm, I'm in the big leagues now. Mom, mom, dad, I made it. I made it. I made it. We got the call. We got the call. Yes. So, um, and we're throwing you right into the fire, right? Naturally, right? Oh, yeah. it, this is like you're Why coming not? out of the pen. It's bases loaded, no outs in the seventh, games on the line. Like, we got to go to the playoffs. Like, this is that type of situation here. Uh, Joey, Juice, my, my my buddies, how are we doing over here, friends? Good, man. It's the deadline time that we've been anticipating since the start of the season, I think. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm uh, nervous to see what happens, but uh, it's it's an excited nervous. So I'm I'm good, man. Yeah, lots of anxiety, Mr. Juice. What's up, man? Ah, uh, Ronald, I'm good, buddy. Just uh, hanging out here at Casa uh, De La Juice's mom and dad. Uh, I'm doing the show off for a couple days here. Going to play some golf tomorrow, but I uh, wanted to make sure I jumped on this trade deadline show because there's a lot to talk about and. Over the course of the next 24 hours, we're going to get a uh, crash course on hopefully what is the last time the Cubs selling off a good amount of their core. And hopefully next year we're in the driver's seat and not the passenger seat handing uh, treats up to the driver. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to get on the show, especially with Tyler. I read all his stuff. He does such a damn good job. And uh, if anything's addictive of the pre-show meeting that we had, he's about to bring some fire today. And I already, I already heard it. And it was at the point where I said, guys, we got to hit play. Let's hit play and roll this stuff because Tyler's got some good stuff he wants to share with the crew. Yeah, I was going to say um, a couple of quick notes here, Juice, before we we, we dive into this thing. Yes, uh, we got yelled at by Juice um, to start the damn show, I believe were his exact words. And, uh, and yeah, man, knowing your luck, you're going to like – you're going to get like an eagle tomorrow or something, and then you're going to look at your phone and like Contreras is going to be dealt or something. And you're just going to go from like high to low and just – 10 seconds and I, I feel for you buddy because it's what worst place to get bad news than the golf course you know what I mean but uh, nonetheless like you said Juice we are here to talk some good stuff Tyler's got good takes and I know you two are bringing them as well trade deadline talk um, before we get into hypotheses and analytics and where we think who's going where and why they shouldn't go somewhere and why we're all going to riot if Juan Soto becomes a Cardinal 
Let's talk about what's already happened because that's at least something that we can break down and discuss. Two trades the Cubs have made already prior to today's show. First trade was sending Chris Martin, relief pitcher, to the Los Angeles Dodgers for pretty much utility player. I don't even want to call him an infielder because he does everything. Uh, Zach McKinstry. And then today, uh, probably the most surprising trade that's been made, even though Joey has been the one being like, they could do it. We're like, no, shut up, Joey. They're not going to do it. He was right, and we got to give him credit where credit's due. Scott Efros getting sent to the New York Yankees. Uh, oh, shit. I almost messed it up. I, I corrected myself here for Hayden Wisniewski because, um, damn it, I would have been the first one to fuck it up, and I'm not going to do that. So, um, But right-handed pitcher, uh, prospect starter, triple um, A right now, and almost big league ready. So, guys, I think that's a great place to open it up, and I think rightfully so. We're going to give Tyler the floor first here. So, my friend – your thoughts so far on these first two trades that the Cubs have made prior to the deadline? I'm not upset about it. Uh, Wes, ne- Wes Nesky, uh, heard a lot of pretty good things about him. And for a guy in Zach Efros, nailed like, it. You know, he's good, obviously. We all thought that Efros was going to finish the season out as the closer. Uh, well, he's got five years left of control. Like, oh man, this guy's going to be great. But like, in my opinion, if you don't have, if he's not a, if you don't have a shutdown perennial, if he's not a perennial all-star guy, an all-star closer, if you can trade him for a, a number two pitching prospect from the Yankees, I don't, it, it's not bad. And with McKinstry, McKinstry, I've heard a lot of comparisons to uh, Tommy LaStella, uh, a left-handed David Bodie. Not bad. Not bad. I'm, I'm not upset. I like that. I, and I agree. I, I think that we're there as well. And I'll, I'll save my thoughts at the end because I want to let you guys have the floor. Uh, Juice Man, this is Joey's punishment for being late to the uh, the pre-show here. He gets to go last. Uh, Juice, your thoughts uh, on the two trades so far. Uh, any any thoughts about uh, McKinstry and uh, Wisniewski? I can't believe them Cubbies went out there and traded for that Wisniewski guy. <laughs> Sell the team, Rick. It's got, you know, it's, it's starting to get freaking old around here, guys. It's starting to get old. At the end of the day, the Cubs went out, and yeah, Ross is a great for us. It's a great spot in the bullpen. But let's be honest, a guy like him, we're not ready for. We're not competing right now, and we may not be competing for another year. And we have tons of pitching prospects that are not going to all turn out to be starting pitchers, mm-hmm. and all have very good stuff. Have, you know, upper 90s fastballs, great breaking stuff. A lot of these guys that they've actually invested in as potential starters have and may only pan out to be, you know, closers, relievers. And if they have that kind of stuff where they throw high 90s with breaking stuff and they can go out there, maybe up the, the ante and throw maybe 101. You know, maybe it's a guy that sits at 95 regularly but ends up, you know, throwing 100 in one inning because he's able to let it all loose. Yeah, it's it's an awesome it's awesome return for a guy that realistically they're not ready for. Is am I upset to see him go? But I have so much faith in Pitch Lab that I think that they're going to be able to build these Scott Efres types. So yeah, and then going into McKinstry, I I love the trade because every year there's a team that goes out and spends five six million dollars on a utility guy. If this guy works out, the Cubs just save five six million in payroll for next year that can be doubled down into another starter maybe Mm -hmm. it's five more million for a front of the line you know 
starting pitcher. There's going to be a lot that, that comes about in the next couple days. But let's be honest about one thing. With the West Nesky pick, they did such a damn good job of getting a guy that throws hard and has two very solid plus-plus pitches. So if you're realistically trying to build you know, a starting pitcher that has all the stuff, you get him in the pitch lab. You have, you got him throwing those two different types of fastballs. The slider, which is nasty, it's like a frisbee. And you hone in that changeup. And I, I know we're seeing a lot on the south side when it comes to, like, Lucas Giolito. And he had a great season last year, right? It's because he was able to control four pitches. Mm-hmm. All these guys that we're watching, focus on miles per hour, sure. But if they have four pitches that they're able to control, that's when you start talking about the top of the line starters and your Cy Young Award winners. It's guys that keep the batter guessing because they have four plus plus pitches. And this is a guy that already has two. And really the changeup is coming along. He's he's done a lot of stuff to, to hone it in and work on it, but he's a perfect candidate for them to get right. And at worst, I'm seeing him as like a four or five, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's if or at worst, let's say he doesn't work out in the starting rotation. You just replaced Efros with a younger Efros, right? A guy who throws a slider like that and throws about the same miles per hour. So at the end of the day, I think it's win-win for the Cubs. But I, I love what they did moving and getting uh, McKinstry because I think that that's a move that low-key saves them a lot of money and frees up some of their flexibility on payroll for next year. Mm, I love that. I, I got some thoughts to build off that too, but I, I want to give Joe the floor here. Just quickly, uh, Juice, you said you trust Pitch Lab and our, our buddy Jack here in the comments. He trusts Toyer, and that's kind of along those same lines of, of trusting what this front office has built. Mr. Ricotta, your thoughts, my friend. Yeah, I mean, just because I won't be able to do this anymore, Scott Efros is the boss. Uh, that's like a way back. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg right there, whatever. But, uh, yeah, man, I think everybody, like, Juice made a lot of great points there, too. I think everybody was so quick to immediately get upset about the trade. Like, why are you? how can you trade guys that are good? Like, immediate reactions, that's kind of what, what it felt like. And, yeah, he's got control and everything. And, you know, you said, Ron, like, that was somebody who I threw out there as a possibility because he's worth a ton, right? It wasn't so much that I didn't want him with the Cubs. It was just that that I saw it as a possibility as if you really are trying to look at how you're building this team and Juice nailed the point there with the pitch lab, like I feel very, very confident that they can build the bullpen up. And if not, they can find guys that they can kind of create like a reclamation projects out of and turn them into successes, which we've seen. And now you're kind of even seeing it out of guys like Stephen Brault you know, save yourself from Daniel Norris and all that. But, uh, you know, we've seen it more successful. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen it more successful than not, right? So why not turn that into a a starter, which is really more important than – I mean, you look at what the Brewers did today too, right, with Josh Hader. They're selling while they're buying, and because they have so much belief in their ability to develop pitching and they have a great relief pitcher in Devin Williams already, even for – contending team they're like you know what we're going to maximize this and kind of retool the system while we contend here and so i think that was a great move by the brewers but um like honing it back into like what the cubs are doing efros is great like we know that out of the pen he's been really consistent really solid for this team um i think juice made a great point too about like him mirroring his pitches the two pitch mix that he has with the slider 
and that sinker, it, it really looks similar to what uh, Wesniewski, hopefully it's Wesniewski. I think I did just screw it up. Uh, nah, you did. Let's go. God yes. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So for, just quick, just for quick context. We joked before the show, and Joey said he was going to be the first one to, like, really fuck it up. So, at least we we stayed on brand. But continue, my friend. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, and that was not intentional. I really <laughs> fucked that up. Um, but I was looking at, like, his slider, man. And that slider has, like, some nasty, wicked depth. I was watching the uh, – I, I think I posted a video. The at-bat that he had, uh, the pitch that he threw to uh, Jake Fraley in the Reds system, who's – obviously, he's got a ton of major league experience, too, actually – um, not like a high touted prospect, but he was a second round pick. And I'm like, that thing just moved, dropped off the freaking table. And if you could turn this guy into like in July, and we kind of mentioned Jake Bouge here from the Dingers podcast. He mentioned like in July, his numbers in July, just ridiculous. The strikeout rate has gone up a ton. Like he seems to kind of be coming into his own. And if the Cubs can continue to maximize that and, and, you know, develop them even further. You got a guy for the rotation for 2023 to start out and you got a control over him. And I think that's far more valuable. I kind of comped it to look what the deal that they did with Kyle Hendricks. I mean, he didn't spend a whole lot of time in the Cubs minor league system before he was ready to come up, came up about the same time, 24 years old. Efros is 28. Uh, would you rather have a 24 year old starter for five years, six years, or five years, obviously, under control, or would you rather have Scott Efros? I think I'd rather take the starting pitcher and then uh, bring these guys up through the bullpen and kind of develop that way. So I love the move, you know, looking further. I thought maybe they could get, like, a little bit more just because I maybe I overvalued Scott Efros's value from the control standpoint. But, uh, like, a ready-to-go pitcher in what they got and being, like, such a high top, high top prospect in the Yankee system – it's a great move by Hoyer. Like, there's nothing to be upset about here. And then you look at – you guys talked about McKinstry. Yeah, that Tommy LaStella comes into mind perfectly. And also, like, uh, look at what they spent for Jonathan VR, right? If he can fill that Jonathan VR role and not have to spend the money, like Juice said, and he can play outfield, not just infield like VR, and he's not going to make a, a fucking shit ton of errors at second base or third or short or whatever, but he can kind of slap the ball around the yard. He's had a lot of success at AAA – not a ton at the major league level, but we'll see, right? We'll see if he can kind of put it together at the big league level because it's worth a shot for Chris Martin. I thought he was a seatbelt for the first two months of the season, and he turned him into a fucking Zach McKinstry. Like, let's go. Yeah, and and, and just to add to kind of what all of you guys have said so far, uh, very quickly here, just a comment from Jack from earlier. He said, did not like trading Efros, but the return seems good. And I think that was my kind of initial reaction too. Initially, I was like, oh shit, they traded Efros. Like, because I was in full belief that they weren't going to trade Efros. I think that was the biggest thing. Did not think it was going to happen, right? And I know, Joey, you called it. I give you props, props where props are due. But like, I really didn't think they were going to trade him. I really thought because of the five years control, he's only 28, like, there was a lot there to keep that supported keeping him, right? That being said, yeah, when you can go get a 24-year-old right-handed pitcher who's damn near MLB ready as a starter, that's a that's a shot you take on a guy that again, they asked Efros to re you know configure his delivery and all of a sudden it worked. Like it was some Chad Bradford shit from Moneyball. Like that's what ultimately what happened here with Efros. And you, you have to think this front office is going to be able to do that with another guy or another guy and another guy and another guy, right? That's what the whole reason they invested so much in this pitch lab. 
So I love the Wesneski grab. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I think with the Miss McKinstry, fuck, now I'm messing up names. <laughs> McKinstry, McKinstry's and Wesneski's and the potatoes it's and the bears and tigers. And yeah, it's all, I don't know. But um, I, I think it's, you know, I really like that move because that to me screams. Now I'm not saying it's this. So for, for everybody, not necessarily you four, but for all the uh, people that like to listen to the show, jump down my throat. This is a change of scenery trade. That's exactly what happened with Jake Arrieta. I'm not saying he's going to become the next best thing since sliced bread and win, you know, an MVP or something crazy like that. No, but to Juice's point about saving five to six million dollars on a utility man, if he comes into his own and at least can give you two sixty average and maybe hits ten bombs and maybe drives in forty runs and maybe steals a couple places and plays good defense. That's a worthy investment for a guy that you just took a fly around before the season anyway And Chris Martin. Like, Chris Martin signed for, like, a Snickers bar and maybe a, a, a to-be-determined-later Klondike bar flavor. Like, I don't know what the fuck he got. He didn't get a lot of money. So the fact you turn that into a guy like McKinstry who, mind you people, like, I feel like everybody's like, this guy hasn't done dick at the big leagues. He hits like 345 in AAA. I'll take a chance on a guy that can hit almost fucking 350 at any level. I don't care what level he's at, let alone AAA. And then, Give the guy a chance to play every day. And then you look at not, not to cut you off, Ron. I agree. Like, look at Dixon Machado. There were a lot of people yep. who were like, "Call him up, call him up." Right. He doesn't have the positional versatility that Zach McKinstry has. Right. And then now you turned him into a, a, a lower prospect or whatever. Mm-hmm. Another. Really and you got McKinstry, who's like knocking at the door, just like Machado, but he can play multiple positions. So right, plays multiple like positions. A, and it's it's kind of like a Machado, right? Like the I think the the trade that sent Machado. So that's the other trade that happened. Obviously, Dixon Machado goes to San Francisco, comes get a relief pitcher back. Uh, Joey wrote that up ever so nicely over on TechSportsNet.com. Go check that out. Um, see, nice little plug. Actually, I don't think I wrote that. I actually don't think. I oh wrote shit, that. Tyler, did you write that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because oh, uh, Tyler wrote it. That's my bad. Sorry, we got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Tyler does a lot of writing. So in, in fairness, it's usually, you know, uh, there's a good chance that if there's an article out there, it's 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 written by Tyler. But no, I, again, I, I think that that very much feels like that kind of trade too, right? Give Dixon Matado an opportunity because maybe he, they didn't see a future for him in the organization. McKintree, this is kind of the same thing. The Dodgers had nowhere to put him because they're the fucking Dodgers. So give him a shot to play every day the rest of the season. And who knows? Maybe you found a guy who, yeah, he's 27 years old, but even if he gives you five to six years on this team as a quality utility man when they're starting to hopefully compete here soon, I think that's a worthy investment. So I'm a big fan of the trades. Um, I do want to pivot very quickly because originally I was going to throw out there about the hater trade, and we can talk about that a little bit because obviously that somewhat impacts the Cubs. Um, but this comment's very interesting from our buddy Jack. He's keeping us in the know here. So he says, if you listen to the Cubs Zone, Cubs Zone, uh, very popular Twitter page, Instagram page, et cetera, fan page, um, Cubs Zone spaces on Twitter. Apparently a Cubs Padres deal is imminent. The guy who he was talking to, I'm assuming that's Cubs Zone, uh, was talking, said he was talking to a guy in the Padres org who spilled a little too much info. Oops. Uh, that'll happen sometimes. That's what's called sources. But um, guys, yes. thoughts on that? I think we can we can quickly kick that around the the yard here and just get some thoughts. To me, that screams Wilson Contreras because I know we've been seeing kind of reports Bob Nightingale, which I know the Bob the Bob curse, right? Like it's not going to happen if he says it. But um, he said that the Padres are really gunning for Willie. So I'm I'm just going to open it to the floor. 
thoughts, any, you know, um, maybe hypotheses of what you'd like to see come back, et cetera, et cetera. I, I will give this one to, uh, to the gallery here. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked to see a, you've heard it passed around a little bit on Twitter and everything about a possible Contreras hat together type trade. And I've heard a lot of people like, especially uh, passing say that like everybody's in on Ian Happ and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of, you know, a couple of teams are in on Wilson and I wouldn't be shocked to see a, a Wilson Ian Happ trade to San Diego, especially mm-hmm. if, if St. Louis, God forbid, St. Louis gets Juan Soto. I would not be shocked at all to see Contreras and Hap go over to San Diego. But with that being said, hopefully San Diego is desperate. And they're like, here, take these top prospects. Take this top prospect. Uh, You hear, uh, I don't think it would happen, but you hear C.J. Abrams. That would be nice. But I I don't think they would be maybe that desperate, but hopefully desperate enough that they may give us a, a top prospect if we trade, if they traded for both of them. Yeah. Boys, any other thoughts? I, I, I've got a couple of thoughts if you guys are, are putting your words together. So I no. honestly think if there's a team, just really quick, just, I think if there no, is a team that is going to go after both of them, it is San Diego. Because I think that's the only one that's ever been linked to say like, oh, hey, they could go after a Hap and Contreras deal. Um, and they have, the, again, they have the prospect depth, right? That There's a reason that they're, you know, trading for Josh Hader. Granted, they only gave up two prospects. They ended up giving up two roster players for him, which, hey, kudos to them. You know, the rich get richer. That's fine. But they have the prospect depth to go get a Juan Soto. There's a reason that they – there's a reason it's them, the Dodgers, that shitbag organization down in St. Louis, and others that are in the conversation, right, because they have the prospect capital to go after players like that. So, of course, they're going to be in the mix for these type of guys because they want to go win. They have to compete with the Dodgers in the same division. Like, if there is a team that's going to go get them, to me, it screams San Diego. And, you know, maybe not Abrams necessarily. I know Abrams they've talked about like a Juan Soto deal, which – Fair. I, I think that's completely fair. But, like, there's plenty of guys in San Diego that I, I can look at a list and be like, hmm, you're appealing, you're appealing, you're appealing. We'll take you two. Like, you know, there, there's got to be enough guys out there uh, for that, certainly. So, Juice Joey, I'll uh, open it back to you guys. I just wanted to drop that in there. There's just so many moving parts when you think about them moving a deal with San Diego and you factor in this Soto piece. Am I the only one on the show who thinks that Soto is not going to be moved to the offseason? I, I just think that there's way too many moving parts. I think this is just a pure baseball, you know, winter meetings trade. And, mm-hmm. and I think that this is all smoke and mirrors. And I think that if that would be the best case scenario if you're the Cubs. Because then that means that you have both of the top bats that are available on the trade market. I think the also, I think in, in case of like the division, if this goes through and they don't trade Soto until the baseball winter meetings, I think there are way more teams that are in on this than just the four or five that are, you know, capable of making the move right now. It just all things considered together. It just seems like this is like a a winter meeting where you're there for weeks and you're putting this deal together and you're also working on a trade or extension with Soto at the Mm -hmm. same time. So this just all screams baseball winter meetings to me. And I also, too, like, I think it would be better for the Cubs if that happens because I think there's less chance. 
that the Cardinals eke out with that package. Not to say that it's bad. It's obviously a, a wide array of good players, but I just think that if you're a Cub fan, you've got to be open. Soto doesn't get moved. And you're sitting with Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. In terms of bringing prospects back, that probably nets you the most. I feel like if Soto's moved, it almost, yeah, you're going to get that secondary reaction from all the teams who missed out. And, yeah, that's going to drive up the price. But I think that the prospects that most are willing to be moved for Soto maybe are moved for Willie and Hap at that point opposed to – and I'm not saying that they're making a trade with the Cardinals. I just feel like if if Soto's out there, it's going to string the Cubs along, along, along until the final minute of the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be like, this is what we got. You know, I want I want – Jed to be in the position of the power of I have five great offers right here. I I don't want your your secondhand scraps that you're trying to win me in on after somebody else in in the division or in the National League or American League got Soto. I think that that's just a, a bad scenario. And the longer and longer it takes Washington to make this deal, the less and less likely I think it happens because it is. It's so many different players, mm-hmm. and it's. Nobody's trading for for Soto without having an extension in place either. That's you're not giving up that type of prospect, you know, capital if you're not able to extend him. In my opinion, um, because that's I know you get three World Series or you get three playoff runs with him if you trade for him now. But let's be honest: is is some of these guys that are in this discussion worth only three playoff runs? I mean, you're talking about some of the top names in, in baseball prospect is over here that are going to be included in this trade if it goes through. So I think that that's, I, I hope for, for everybody's sake that what's happening is, is the, the Padres are, are bolstering their stance on this and using this as, as more motivation for less teams to go to the Cubs, because I think that they see the, the writing on the wall that Soto's probably a price that is way too high asking for most. And if the Cardinals packages or anything was this enticing to the Nationals, the trade would have already happened. Like mm-hmm. they, it would have been done a couple days ago because it's been completely clear that he's going somewhere. And I don't think this is a deal where the, a team flies in under the radar and you know swoops in and grabs Soda. I just I don't think it. He's that type that type of player. The information has been too plentiful on this. I just feel like it's it's just too good to be true at this moment to to be to feel that he's actually going to be moved. I'll be shocked. With that, I will be, and I'll be extremely shocked if he's a cardinal. Yeah, I feel like just uh, the the quick sense here is Soto not being moved helps the Cubs in two ways. A, um, you know. Willie and, and Hap's prices are driven up. And B, you keep him the fuck out of the NL Central because I don't want him anywhere near the goddamn Cardinals. Joey. Also, I mean, just just to build on that real quick yeah. until I exit stage left. If if it gets to the baseball winter meetings and the Cubs are have made these trades and they, they've closed on a good half of the year, maybe the Cubs are the ones that are maybe in this talk. Maybe. 
I was say you, got, you got finger guns out of Joey. Joey. Joey's ready to build on that one, I think. I know. I love that idea because, look, at you have no attachment to the guys that you're going to be trading for right now, right? These are prospects right now that, that you haven't seen in your system play all that much. You're going to see them for half a season or, I mean, less now because minor league season is going to end a little bit sooner, right? So you're not going to see them for too long. You would see them play maybe some winter ball or fall ball, whatever, but, like, I don't think you're going to have the, quite the attachment if you were to go out there and go get those guys. So I like that. I love that idea by Juice. I think that's really a possibility. You kind of stack up these chips. You make yourself more accessible to a team like the Nationals looking to really just trade a freaking legend in the making in Juan Soto, which makes no sense. Even for a guy that might be looking to sell his team, it makes no sense from a marketing standpoint, right? Uh, but I will say, though, I think a lot of teams, it's it's – really possible that a lot of teams are using this trade this Juan Soto trade rumor or you know writing on the wall whatever you want to call it depending on who you're listening to to drive down the price for the Cubs right like they like when the Cubs when they're talking to the Cubs about Hap Contreras the relievers etc they're saying why would I give you that prospect when I just talk to the Nationals and they're going to take that prospect or that package for Juan Soto, right? So they go back to the Cubs and say, there's no way I'm taking it for Hap and Contreras. Are you out of your minds? It's not even close because I can do that with Juan Soto. I think a lot of it is a smokescreen right now. If I'm being entirely honest, kind of, I, I really agree with what Juice is saying, but like there is a possibility too, that this does happen. I've heard talks about, you know, potential teams like the twins swooping in there under the radar. Like, but to me, the twins, they don't have the upside prospects. They have solid pieces, but they don't have the upside prospects that some other systems have. So, and especially with the, like, you know, Royce Lewis getting hurt. Like, I don't, again, I don't see them as like a real, real possibility. You're going to have to package some like young prospects that are at the big league level that, uh, you know, haven't quite hit their potential yet as well, that maybe they're, they, they feel like they can do something with for the nationals. But in regards to the Cubs, if a team does get Juan Soto, that could also help boost the trade value because then teams will get desperate, right? Because, like, then that's pre-show. Uh, Tyler, maybe you want to expand on this, too, before I keep talking because I you kind of get, like, we're on the same wavelength with that, too. Oh, I hope they get – I hope there's teams out there that get so desperate. I hope that – I hope this – the Juan Soto plan you guys are talking about, which I, I, I totally agree with. I hope they play that card and it blows up in their face Washington's like, well, you know, uh, we're going to keep Juan Soto because, you know, we've got him for two more years. It's not like people aren't going to offer a shitload of stuff for him, shitload of players. Uh, and I hope it blows up in their face. And like you said, I hope like it, they just become desperate. Like probably a couple teams are going to be because there's only so many available players out there that like, you know, I, I hope it, it causes certain owners and certain you know, GMs to be like, you know, here, take this top prospect here, take this one, take that one, you know, and be good for us. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, it's funny too, kind of building in addition to that, because you look at the, the, the kind of the short list that's been thrown out there, right. For Juan Soto really outside of the shit bags down to the South. It's all the same teams that are looking at Contreras and Hap, right? Like maybe outside of the Dodgers, but like the Padres, the Mets, the argument could have been made probably before they went and got Montas and all these other guys, but like the Yankees, right? Like 
it's it's the teams that the Cubs are going to be lining up to do business with that are also probably in the same conversation for Juan Soto. And I agree with you guys. I think you're on to something. And I think it makes a lot of sense because, right, like the, the Otani bullshit started getting floated out there a couple days ago. And then, like, the Angels came out today and were like, no, 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 we're not moving him. Not yeah. right now, at least. Maybe that's what happens. I, I, I actually like the idea because – you know, expanding on Juice's thought, right, of this being like a, a good winter meetings trade, realistically, you're not just moving him for like five or six prospects. You're probably moving him for like a roster player or two, somebody who's pretty significant on your team at the moment. Like look at um, look at some of the other big trades that have happened before, right? Like even the Arenado trade. And sure, yes, the the, the Rockies got fucking fleeced in that deal. Don't don't even get me started. Don't get old old friend of the, the show here, Cody Del Mendo, started either because he'll go on a riot for 12 hours. But, like, that, that trade still sent guys that had, like, significant big league playing time to Colorado. And that was on the lower end because Arenado's, you know, 30 and he's a little up there in age and he, you know, whatever. Juan Soto is 23 years old and the guy's already like statistically one of the best, like young players to have played the game. He's only going to get better, which is the scary part. So yeah, if you are Washington, hell yeah, hold out until the winter means. Cause like you said, you all of a sudden your pool of teams that want him goes from maybe six to like every other fucking team in the league. And now all of a sudden, now you can just start playing the entire league against each other. It's who wants one and who's going to give me the most, you know? It's like, you ever you ever go play mini golf, like, down in Florida? I don't know if any of you guys ever traveled to Florida. But, like, you go down and play mini golf in Florida and they have, like, the baby alligator pit. And you get the little piece of dog food on the string and you, you dangle it. And you see every, like, fucking gator come and, like, start, like, jumping on each other and crawling over each other to try and get higher. That's what is going to happen if they wait till the winter meetings. Like, you're going to have every team in the league being like, well, I'll give you this. And then the other team's going to, like, sit there and panic and be like, well, we'll give you this. And it's like, okay, well, we'll give you this. And then all of a sudden it's just going to be this, like – it's going to be teams just trying to claw over each other to get to the food, which is in this case Juan Soto. So, man, I'm playing mini golf at some really cool places. <laughs> oh, yo, hey, <laughs> I was going to say, man, that sounds we, pretty, pretty interesting. Smugglers, right shouts out to Smugglers Cove in Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. Uh, I, I played mini golf at that place so many times that by like the fifth year that we played there, I knew how to play every single fucking hole on that course. So, um, <laughs> that place is the shit, and you can feed the gators, and they weren't like the little baby ones that were like this big they were like three foot four foot long like these were some big bastards so um yeah not to get us too off topic but guys obviously cubs are still kind of you know standing pat not a lot happening yet obviously the trades that have been made have been made but we're waiting for the big shoes to drop here which are the ones that nobody wants to see unfortunately let's just call it what it is is willie and, and ian but Still a busy day overall, right? We talked the Josh Hader news. I, I'm so fucking pissed at the return that the Brewers got because they somehow get a starting pitcher and a closer out of it and two prospects for admittedly a guy that I think is going to start to decline in the next year or so. Like, I, it's to, coming. Me, he's, to me, he's not the best closer in the game anymore. Like, I would look at Edwin Diaz, Emmanuel Classe. I would, like, I would argue like Devin Williams is better than him. Yeah, he's got the best pitcher, relief pitcher in the game, I think, on their team. And it's not Josh Didn't Hayter have like a 12-plus a ERA in July? Yeah. And it something. all started when the Cubs tattooed the shit out of him in that three. Mm. The Cubs that broke Josh Hayter, and I love it. Dude, I hate the Reds, too, for their return. 
for I know I think me and you talked about this on Friday's show, Ron. Uh, was it Friday when that happened? Luis yeah. Castillo, they got a return for him. Uh, I know he, he think he does have the extra year of control, right? With uh, with the Mariners, is that right? Um, I so, so. I think so, yeah, yeah, and that's that's why they got so much, but like. Man, the Reds farm system already looks really good. Now you kind of like retool the Brewers. All of a sudden, guys, this division is getting – I don't know, man. The Pirates are, are really stocking too. You know, maybe are they going to spend? Are they actually going to spend at some point? We'll see. But, like, a lot of their prospects look good, like Quinn Priester in the in as a pitcher. Like, some of these guys we haven't even seen. Then you saw O'Neill Cruz. You see Cabrian Hayes, like – it's getting a little scary, and I'm like, man, like we're going to all be there at the same time. We could have the best division in baseball at some point here in the near future. Not in the near future, but like, you know, two, three years maybe. And don't say other teams – I don't want to I don't want to think that way. I just want it to be, you know, Cubs are the best. They're just going to win the division every year. But, like, I really feel like this is going to be a very competitive division just based on what the moves that these teams are making. Like, they seem like smart, smart – you know decisions that these general managers are making i hate i hate having to give the reds and the pirates any kind of like good job props because i want to i love shitting on those organizations because it's fun it's bad enough we got to compete with the brewers and the cardinals on a yearly basis but no i agree i i think there's been a lot of interesting returns so far over the course of baseball for some of these players like some of these are pretty big significant trades like this isn't like oh hater went to you know it's not a one-for-one one like the Efros trade, right? And granted, the Efros trade still got the Cubs a pretty good return. Like, Hayter goes for two roster players and two prospects. That's insane. It's because he has the extra year of control. He has until 2023. That's why I, I was talking to my dad a little bit earlier. And if they go separately, I think Ian Happ brings back the bigger trade return than Wilson Contreras does. I know Willie oh, yeah. is – Probably Absolutely. considered the better bat from like a power perspective, but Hap is younger. Hap is a switch hitter and has figured out how to hit from the right side of the plate. And he has that extra year of control at an incredibly affordable dollar value. So for a team like the San Diego Padres, like the Los Angeles Dodgers, like the New York Mets, these teams that are competing right now for a World Series, you got them for another year to go take another shot at them. So maybe you are a little more inclined to give up, you know, your – number four or five prospect versus maybe your number eight or nine or even a guy in the teens at that point. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. And, and and for those that are curious watching on the live stream, I'm looking at my phone a lot. I'm just refreshing Twitter at this point because obviously anything can drop mid-show, and I'm kind of hoping it does. Um, and then John Morrissey comes out here and has to go, well, I'll do respect to the trade deadline. Aaron Judge hit his 43rd homer of the season. He's on pace for 67. Nobody gives a fuck. Unless he's getting traded, I, I don't care. It's every right day. It's every I'll day. care tomorrow. I'll back care to tomorrow what, at 5 p.m. Central time. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, kind of back to what you were talking about with Wilson Contreras, like not a – I wouldn't call it a red flag, but like a couple of things that have supposedly kept a few teams away from him, like just from what I've read, is the fact that he's mainly probably going to be used as a DH. A lot of guys are saying, a lot of people say, you know, well, if he goes to this new organization, that's a whole new pitching staff he has to learn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a team like the Padres, who have a stack rotation, a team like the Mets, who have, you know, Scherzer, DeGrom, like, do you think those guys, especially DeGrom and Scherzer, do you think those guys are going to have the patience to be like, 
you know, hey, you know, Wilson's he's this new guy coming in, you know, let's give him some time to learn the throw test. Like, no, like we're winning, we're we're winning the World Series. We're trying to win the World Series this year. So like I'm they're not gonna have the patience, I don't think, to so you're basically trading for his bat. And that's no diss on Wilson because he's he, you know, he's an awesome catcher, but it's just the fact that I think several teams like, you know, kind of comparing him to the hat uh, return. I think a lot of teams are going to be skeptical to to give you to give us, you know, maybe more than what we want or whatever. Uh, and like I said, it's not a it, it's not a diss on Wilson or anything like that. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. No, and, and I, and I've for, seen that a lot too. Go ahead, Juice. And for that reason, Tyler, I think that Wilson gets moved with David Robertson. Yeah. I, I think I think that that's, that's the move call, that happens strictly because I think that. That nets you a better return. Mm-hmm. And Ian Happ on his own probably nets his own return that's yeah. equally of value, if not more, to Wilson Contreras and, and Robertson in that trade. So I think that that's almost probably Jed's preferred way of doing business over the course of this next couple. I want to propose an interesting topic to be talking about, and this is going to hurt your heart, Ron, but with what we've seen in terms of prospects coming back, Marcus Stroman would bring back a lot of prospect capital. <laughs> He's just gone. I, I I'm not talking about. I wrote that down too, Juice. Like as far as as a question I had was, do do we trade Marcus Stroman now? Is he on the is he on the block? I sure right. shit hope right. not. I don't. Right. I'm not going to answer. You guys, like, you guys can talk about it because I'm I'm just going to sit here. I'm out, guys. Guys, you, 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 we're at the point of the Cubs season where you have to listen to yeah. literally every everybody is everybody is available. And if the Cubs are absolutely blown away for Marcus Stroman, I do it. I'm not going to say it's a bad – it's probably a bad take in terms of faith to your fan base. But if you go out and rebuy in the offseason, you could re-strengthen that, that trust really quick. The thing is, too, Juice, nobody gives a fuck what they do at the deadline this year. The the fan base faith, they have no faith, it seems like, no matter what they do. They can make the best trade in the world, and the fan base is going to lose their fucking mind. So if they, they, like you always say, put their chips, you know, the sucker at the poker table, right? Find the sucker at the poker table. If they find a sucker at the poker table for Marcus Stroman, he could still do the opt out thing and then come back like later on when this thing. I mean, it's possible. I'm not saying I. I would not want this to happen because I feel like that's something you already have locked in for next year and you really need pitching. And if like, like we believe this this process is going to go a little bit faster than a lot of people seem to think with the minor league system and how it's progressing, they could still really compete next year potentially. But if Stroman's not here. Then you're going to be like Wesnowski, Wesnowski, Wesneski. You're going to be relying on him, and then Hendricks getting healthy. Like it's a lot of question marks. Whatever you do in free agency, but you listen to every fucking offer when it comes to Marcus Stroman because we've seen teams go really heavy for these starting pitchers already. If he's on the block right now, if he's on the trading block, other than you've heard, you know, Carlos Rodon with San Francisco. Other than him. If Strowman's on the block, who's who's a better available starting pitcher right now? There really is no one. 
Exactly. Yeah. So not anymore because Castillo, yeah, Castillo's exactly. already off the market, right? Castillo, uh, Montas got traded today. Yep. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some. I've heard like maybe a ball. Tyler is Tyler Molly is not better than Marcus Stroman, but he no. could be out there. I don't uh, know. So yeah, like you said, Joey, if he's on the block, I would pick up the phone if somebody's asking for him. And 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 to kind of like as well what you said, uh, he's got one more year of control left. You know, yep. so maybe maybe we get That's a big decent. return. Yeah, well, and I would I would even then you argument. use those chips for Juan Soto. Yeah, I would even Full I circle. would even I would even make the argument, gentlemen, that if you are making a Marcus <laughs> Stroman trade, he actually has more value than a one year controlled player after this year because he technically has two. It's a yeah. player option, but you yeah. can damn well convince him if it's a good situation to take twenty one million dollars for year three and then hit the market the year after. So technically, technically. You're looking at a guy that has two more years of control and I'm yeah. sure they're listening, but again, I think like you guys said, right? Like you got to find the sucker at the poker table. And if nobody's willing to be a sucker, then you, you fold that hand and you keep playing. You know what I mean? Like you, but it doesn't hurt. It absolutely doesn't hurt to, to beg the question and see what's up because you know, there I also is, don't, but not, you know, I also don't know if like, like how many teams are like still available that desperately need starting pitching that haven't already made a move too. So that's part of it. Like how many more contending teams desperately need starting pitching? Cause they already have like the Mets have a ton of starting pitching. Like, you know, like the Padres, I think they feel pretty good about their starting pitching. Like, I mean, I could be wrong on that sense. The Dodgers, I think, I think they feel pretty damn good mostly like, you know, so it's a question of like, what? Where is the sucker? Like, which team yeah. really goes out there and like, even feels like they need a high end like Marcus Stroman type starting pitcher? Like, where they're going to sacrifice what we think would be a good return, right? Like, yeah, an arm and a leg and a foot. <laughs> for Ron, it's actually nothing. There's no return good for Marcus Stroman. No, I want, I want, I want an arm, a leg a foot, the keys to whatever city he's being traded to, their most iconic dish sent for everybody in the clubhouse, and then some. Ron, Ron's already got the email wrote up, ready to send to every single team. Every single thing. You can't have him. You cannot have him. <laughs> uh, fun little development here. No trade has been made, so just everybody can breathe really quick here. But um, John Morrissey tweets. He says, in, in Juan Soto trade talks, the St. Louis Cardinals have not been willing to include Dylan Carlson and their top prospects in the same offer, at least thus far. Negotiations are reaching a critical point. And I agree. I almost think if Soto is going to be traded, guys, kind of going back to Juice's point here, it's going to happen before midnight tonight. Because no, te no, these teams can't wait till the last minute of the deadline because, God forbid, let's just say you're hypothetically – Let's say it's it's the Padres, Dodgers, and Mets, right? Three teams that arguably could make trades with the Cuts. Coming down to it at the wire here, right? You can't let it come down to the wire because then two of those trade teams are going to miss out on getting a guy like Ian Happ that can play the outfield or getting a, a bat like Wilson Contreras that you can still slot in as a DH. So um, I think it'll be interesting because I think if there is going to be a Juan Soto trade, it happens today. If it doesn't happen today, I think Juice is on to something here. I, I really do think this goes to the winter meetings. If it Again, if it is going to happen, the Nationals could be just blowing smoke up everybody's ass and say, yeah, we're going to trade them, and then they could just tell everybody to go suck a fat one and you know keep it I, moving. I just I keep listening for this, and there's so much information out there that it just seems like they're 
but all teams are just throwing a lot out there and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I really, yeah. the more I hear the, the more and more I think that yeah. this is all bullshit. Mm. You know, I mean, at least like there's a set, there's a set. We are going to be trading, you know, uh, Wilson Contreras, any and Hap, and, you know, probably some pitchers as well. I'm sure there's some relievers that are, that are going to be needed um, to be moved. But like when it comes to like the nationals, that's just such a, like a weird situation in terms of like you're trading like you're trading a 23 year old Mike Trout like <laughs> real you know what I mean like that that's a guy like that's so many moving parts that I just don't think that there's enough time to get all your ducks in a row and I think it's stupid on the Nationals part to pick from the group of of six teams that are willing to buy right now because we've we've narrowed it. There are only six teams that are really trying to win a World Series this year. Let's be honest here, guys. But like we said in the winter meetings, everybody's going to have hope no matter who you are. I mean, there's no games that are played yet. There's no signings really that have been made. So you're realistically looking at a lot of a lot of the all all the teams are going to go and make an offer. And after that too, there'll be the Rule Five. A lot of, a lot of things will be cleared up by then. Um, they'll they'll have a general direction on spending and a lot of these teams will have, you know, budgets for the next year and they'll be given, you know, notice if they can go for it or not go for it. Cause a lot of these teams go into their, their winter meetings and it's, it's a lot of setting, you know, not only the rules for next season, which I think, you know, we may get some things that we're seeing next year that move some players to different spots as well. Um, i.e. The, the pitch clock that's coming and, you know, big bases eventually. I think that there's a lot of movement that's going to be happening on these teams that are they're going to start positioning themselves for what the new game is going to kind of look like. So I think, too, that that almost plays like a, a don't trade just yet because I just I think it opens up way more of a market for a guy that you're pigeonholing in the maybe a few teams that have the, the logistics to go for it. But by the time we get to after this trade deadline, like Joey even said, the Cubs are definitely going to be stocked in the top of that echelon of, of, of top five, maybe, in terms of what their farm is going to be like at the end of this. And you, I think the Nationals would be stupid not to just wait and then get that return. Because right now, I think that a lot of teams are trying to play the, let's try to sneak three or four roster guys past on the Nationals, who maybe – the best thing for them is younger prospects. You know, I think because they look like a way longer than, you know, two to three year rebuild. I mean, that looks closer to five, you know, so maybe the younger, more higher potential guys is exactly what they're going to be looking for. And with, with the contract situation floating out there, I just, I don't see it. I don't see that move getting done because if you're making a trade like that, a generational talent trade, you're extending him, and you're giving up so many prospects that it throws your system into a shock. Now you got to figure out what you need to do for next year. And not only that, if you're trading Soto and they're asking for major league pieces, it's going to open up another hole that you have to fill probably at this trade deadline if you're one of those contending teams as well. So mm -hmm. now you're talking about having to make two deadline trades before with limited prospects. So there's just so many moving parts, I think, that are going to derail this thing. And I think a lot of teams are just going to try to catch the Nationals in, I need to get rid of this guy because I've said I'm going to get rid of him. 
and he doesn't fit our future, which I think is mind-boggling to me. He's 23 fucking years old. <laughs> it's everyone's so, future, right? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, if you were building a, a, a guy, like, he is Juan Soto. Like, if you're making a creative player to base your franchise around, that's him. So, like Joey said earlier, from a marketing standpoint, if you're a season ticket holder or a Nationals fan, you're thinking, like, what the hell, man? Like, how? Why is – where is this direction going? I mean, yeah, you're trying to reload, but you're going to be bad no matter what anyway. He's not alone going to be able to, you know, drag you across the finish line and win 100 games. No, you're going to be average or below average at best. So, I mean, I, I just – I don't see it. And I'm just interested to see, like, what, you know, transpires over the next couple, you know, Couple eight, I think eight hours is a great time frame to know if he's going to be traded because this is not an end of the deadline deal where you're like, oh, and they traded, you know, Juan Soto. No, this is like way before the deadline. This happened already, and then the the dominoes fall for everybody else. But it is holding. It is, it is, you know, back. You know, it's backflowing everything for everybody else because I think Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras are gone by now. If there's no Juan Soto news out Damn. there, oh yeah, completely so. agree. Yep, absolutely. If, that the, if you, I'm, you nailed if I'm it. Like, if I'm Mike Rizzo, I want to be wined and dined by all 30 teams this <laughs> winter. Take me to Florida. Take me golfing. Take me mini golfing. Let's go feed With the, the gators. Let's go feed gators, baby. Right I want to be wined and dined by all 30 teams. What's your yep. best? Show me what you got. Take me out if I'm yep. Mike Rizzo. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I think you guys are spot on there. And, guys, we are approaching the 53-minute mark. So I, I want to do a little projection just kind of to end the show. Um, but I do want to open the floor here first to anyone who has any kind of final thoughts on this trade deadline. Uh, I would say reserve your final thoughts if they pre- revolve around predicting where Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras will go. That's what I want to conclude the show with. Um the floor is yours, Tyler. Uh, we'll, we'll let you start it off. Any any final thoughts that you got um, from this deadline so far? I'm wondering if we, as far as who's left, you know, we've got we've got Contreras and Hap. They're they're pretty much an absolute. But as far as other guys, you know, do you know? Earlier this year, we all talked about Patrick Wisdom, who is a listener to Cubs on Tap. Uh, we talked about Patrick Wisdom. Uh, Givens, uh, I'm, you've heard a little rumblings about Givens. Here's the thing about Michael Givens. If I'm an AL team, I tweeted this a couple of days ago. If I'm an AL team that is probably going to play the Yankees in the playoffs, I'm trading for Michael Givens. Michael Givens versus Aaron Judge, one for 13 or one for 14. He's he's Aaron Judge's mm. quick line. If <laughs> I'm an AL team. Mm-hmm. I'm calling and asking about Michael Givens. I know there was talks about uh, the White Sox maybe getting or, or trading for him, uh, but yeah, if 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 I'm an AL team, I'm calling about Michael Givens. Another guy that uh, I think me and Joey talked about on Twitter a few days ago, and I don't think I don't think he's going to go. But what do you guys think about Adrian Sampson? Mm. Other than other than yesterday, yesterday, eh, but other than yesterday. In every single one of his starts, at least five innings, one start, one start minus yesterday, one start gave up more than three earned runs. 30 years old, I 
you know, if somebody asks about him, if somebody wants a, a guy that, you know, maybe can eat up innings for him in the later, you know, the last two months of the season and get your roster ready for the playoffs, you know, I wouldn't be upset if we got a decent return for him. At the same time, I'm excited, you know, if he if he makes the rotation next year, if we see him in the rotation, if he's like a uh, an Alec Mills for us, uh, you know, hey, great. Uh, who else? Uh, 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 Drew Smiley. Mm-hmm. You know, what about him? I, I, I wouldn't – is he worth, you know, keeping for the rest of the year? Like, you know, do 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 we take a whatever offer we can get for him? Uh, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, that's, I'm just – yeah, I think you do. Like, you, you sell off anything that isn't nailed down right now. Yeah. In my opinion. Like – and what I mean by nailed down, I would consider like Nico Horner, Christopher Morrell, um, you know, like basically your young pitchers. Suzuki, like I'm Suzuki. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not yeah, Suzuki. Absolutely. Um, like you're not moving the young pitchers like Thompson, Steele, like those guys. You're not moving. Um, questionable to move Stroman. Like if you can get something for Smiley, for Miley, for Samson, like even as good as he's been, you know, I think. Like he's still a guy that is pretty unproven at the big league level, and will it hold up over time? I think more likely than not, no is the better answer. He's probably better off in like a long relief role, which could be valuable to us next year or to the to the Cubs or to any team really. But um, if teams like what he's been doing for the most part, and all I asked for from Drew Smiley was not to lay a fucking egg if he pitched his last time out, and he did. Um, so that pisses me off, but I don't think it affects either one of those guys like trade value. Really? I think if you can get something for any of those guys, you do it because we're not in the position to really be picky with like fringe roster guys or fringe rotation guys or fringe bullpen, long relief guys who could be valuable, could be something, but like long-term are they, I think you just take the higher upside flyers, uh, even if it's, you know, rookie ball or, I mean, uh, you know, low A or something like you just take those higher upside guys. Cause as you start to compete, you're going to want this thing to keep filtering through. Like once the extensions are made in like years down the road, I think you can kind of start thinking even a little bit more ahead. So I don't know if they can get what they can get for those guys, but to me, I think you just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Do we think, do we think they're, which I think there is. Do do we think there's enough time for all these guys we think that we could trade? Do you think there's enough time? And I think I think there is just because we saw it last year. I was gonna say it, it, if anything, like, last year was like my fingers were falling off writing up all those trade like articles because they just you know, kept coming through one for one. It was just a freaking shot, shot, dick, you know, punch to the dick right after another, just bam, 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 bam. Like, God, stop. You know, so I think there's, I think there is enough time, and hopefully, uh, like you know, Joey said, hopefully we can, you know, get a, a decent deal back for some of these guys. Heck yeah, man! Great point, great point. Yeah, a lot of names. There's a lot of names outside of Happ and Contreras that I, I really, truly think are going to be moved. Um, that's a fun little given stat, though. By the way, I like yeah. that. That's I'm, uh, we need to clip that and like blast that to all you know, fifteen hey, you know, and just be like, go trade for him. <laughs> I'm not upset as far as so far what we what we've tried. Like if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, we would have had 
we had four relief pitchers that we were going to be able to trade at the deadline. I'd have been, like, oh, yeah, whatever, you're not. But like, like I honestly, I didn't think that was that was going to be us. I did not think that all four between Chris Martin, uh, David Robertson, Michael Gibbons, and Efros wouldn't have wouldn't have guessed that all four of them, all, maybe maybe one or two of them, but not all four of them. And so you know, so far with the Martin deal and the Efros deal, pretty pretty good returns. So hopefully uh, we can you know bounce off that and with Robertson and uh, Givens, you know, we can get a, we can get a pretty good package with both of them. Yeah. Incredibly well said. I, I, I don't know if I can one up that with my final thought. It, mine is just very like factual and on point. So do, does anybody have anything else? I want to just toss it out there. Yeah, no, I do. I, I want to talk about the fact that I, I want more competition in the minors at the corner spots. I, I really do. I think that if you're, if you're Jed Hoyer and, and company, you're looking for, you know, competition behind the plate. Uh, a lot of those, you know, high-end prospects we've talked about, Pablo Aliendo, Ballester, they're all at lower levels. So having a guy that, you know, can maybe play at double A or, you know, play at triple A and, and bringing those guys in who, you know, kind of fill in that in, in terms of behind the plate when you're giving away a guy like Wilson Contreras, um, I think that's a key t- point for we're not hitting the point yet of, of not bringing back pitching. I think that they'll always look for great pitching out there in terms of their returns. So, but I mean, first and third, or maybe another shortstop, you know, prospect that is you know projected to move to third and add more, you know, muscle and, and play that position. Cause I talked about it, you know, in our uh, second half show that I want to see more of Morel at third. And I mean, if you look throughout this this uh, farm system, there just isn't enough competition at first and third. And they can move people over. You can always convert an outfielder, but I mean, they need some help at catcher first and third. And they have point. They have a lot of arms that they've brought back. And even after today, I'm feeling a lot more confident with you know what they've looked at, the way they drafted. Obviously, they brought in a lot of competition. But you know, we talked about in the second half show. I want the Cubs to be the place where every single minute and inning of playing time is a hundred percent earned from the minute that you're at single A all the way up to the major league level. And I think, you know, we talked about the 2016 run in that core about, you know, maybe some of that being, you know, fell on deaf ears because they didn't have, you know, that top end prospect that was pushing them at the minor league level, you know, threatening to steal their job. But that's exactly what I think the goal of this trade deadline needs to be. Build more competition within your farm system at the positions that you lack. Because, like we said, I truly hope that this is the last year that we're looking at each other going, man, I really hope we get this prospect and this guy pans out. Because this is starting to get to the point where even me, a guy who is 100% behind what they did in 20, you know, last year, which is selling off the core, that it fell short so many times in a row. Let's be honest, guys. As much as we love them, they never got better. And they failed. And – there was a reason to move on, regardless of what your opinion was of the Ricketts and how they didn't spend. There was plenty of money spent over the course of their run, and it didn't pan out after 2016. So now the goal is to learn from what they did wrong the first time, which in my opinion was a lot of development at the major league level and lack of um, you know, competition at the minor league level, pushing the major leaguers to get better each year. And I think that the Cubs are well on their way in terms of prospects. We've seen it from the system, from the returns they've gotten back. But 
that's my final thought. If you're looking at tomorrow as, as something to look at, we want competition at all positions, and those are positions they lack at in the system right now. Yeah, well said. Joey, do you have any any final thoughts? I want to give you an opportunity as well. Um, we're saving predictions, right? So, um, I, yeah, man, I, I think that's true about the gold core. Like we've always said it, right? They got too stagnated. Like it was just, they got too comfortable and stuff needed to be shaken up. Whether you agree or not that all three of them had to go last year. I think they did an excellent job of building this farm system up already. And they're only going to do that more at this deadline, in my opinion, like, I don't think that Jed is going to get bad value. There are some people, and I and it's I don't understand where it's coming from, but there are some people who think Jed's not getting good value for these players too. And I just want to like you just look at the guys what they're doing at the minor league level. That he got good value. So why do you think that he's not going to get good value this time? That's the part where I just really really disagree and don't agree with like. You know, yeah, the money thing, will he spend money in the offseason? Is Ricketts going to give it the okay? We still have no idea. Um, but, like, guaranteed, I, I do believe he's going to get at least something that you're like, oh, wow, that's a good piece. Like, you know, whether it is a, like, number one on somebody's number one prospect for their organization or it's a number two or number three, like, I think it's still going to be somebody with a lot of upside or a lot of potential or somebody who fills a void in the system, whether it be the pipeline or like immediately, like he did last year with Madrigal and uh, Cody Hoyer. Yes. Those guys have been out and uh, Madrigal played like shit. He could still be dealing with the injury too, though. Like while he was even here when he was healthy. So we still have to see how that pans out as far, as far as like Cody Hoyer goes. So uh, especially, I mean, I'm, definitely I'm more on the positive side, I think, than a lot of people are out there in the world. Like I think we all four of us are really. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just excited. It's kind of like, just get it over with at this point. And it's like, I'm very, just the way we started the show, I'm nervous and I'm excited. And that's pretty much just about it. We've done, we've done been through it. We've done been through it before with last year. We're good. We're all, we're all good. Yeah. They ripped their heart out, man, last year. And now I, it's just- I can't. I don't feel anymore. I was yeah. gonna say. I've. I was gonna say. I've made that joke here before. Like this team's already dead to me. Like I'm already dead inside. It doesn't matter. You can't hurt me anymore because I'm already dead. But no, I agree. I agree with everything that you guys said. I think those are all great closing points. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of players to still be moved. To Tyler's point, you know that there's you know a ton of moving pieces that are, are going to be involved like this is going to be a thing that we see kind of develop over time here and it's going to be fun to see i've gotten to the point now where like there's a wide joke amongst the blackhawks room at at uh, at on tap sportsnet that i'm uh, i'm off season ron cuz i just eat up fucking moves and trades and analyzing that shit cuz i'm a nerd like that's what i'm ready to do like yes i'm going to miss ian i'm going to miss wilson don't get me wrong i'll, I'll do my grieving but i'm also going to like dive headfirst into you know all these guys they get back and who we like the most i remember last year it's exactly what i ended up doing i dove in and started researching all these guys and i remember my dad was like all right you, you've literally read through all the names today. I know you've looked at all of them already. He goes, which one? I'm like, I really like Caleb Killian. And then you saw the ascent, right? And all of a sudden, now everybody's talking about him. It's like, you you're going to get some of that. Okay, there's there, there's going to be some of that that initial uh, kind of things up front. Just a couple of quick notes. This was kind of my final thought. Um, speaking of Ballesteros, 
Juice, you mentioned him. Uh, he did receive a promotion to Myrtle Beach today, so he is officially at A Ball uh, as of today from the Arizona League. Uh, I did write that ball. one. Yes, that that one you did. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Thank you for yes. Thank you for reminding me. I I fucked it up. That's on me. Um, but also important to note with the um the with the Wesneski edition today. Um, a lot of people have mentioned he is Rule Five eligible this coming off season. Um, and this was this is from Greg Huss uh, at Out of the Vines on Twitter, um, a guy that I'm hoping we can get on the show at some point as a guest because I'm a big fan of his work. But uh, he says, important thing to note, if the Cubs are acquiring players that are eligible for the Rule 5 draft this offseason, Wesneski being an example, they are likely doing so with a the thought they are more likely to add him to the 40-man than the other dozens of current Cubs prospects that are R5 eligible. That is something to definitely keep an eye on here because, like, I'm not entirely sure, but I bet you there's a chance that Dixon Machado was Rule 5 eligible next season, and there's a reason he got moved. You know, you're probably going to see some of that. They're probably going to turn over this farm. I think a good example of that is, you know, we remember when we were talking in like 18 and 19 when this team was like still competitive. And we were like, yeah, they got Braylon Marquez and, and Miguel Amaya atop their farm system. They were like two and three at that time. Yeah. Reminder, uh, Braylon Marquez is now 11 and Miguel Amaya is now 14. This depth in the system has been totally retooled and it is probably better than it has been in recent memory. So certainly keep an eye on that. That's kind of my final thought there is just, uh, you know, the minor leagues are going to be worth paying attention to, but I really do think they're going to acquire some guys at the deadline, i.e. Wesneski, that we're going to see before the year's over. I think he makes at least one start, maybe two in Chicago uh, before this thing's all said and done as of what, October like 5th or something like that. I think is the last day of of the season. So it'll be certainly something to keep an eye on. Well, I want to go around the horn really quick and get everybody's predictions of where they think happened. Contreras are going to go. Obviously they're the biggest names. We could sit here all night and predict where Smiley and Givens and I, I love Givens going to the AL. I think that's such a great point. Tyler. You know, we could sit here and predict those guys going everywhere all night long, but um, go around the horn really quick. Where's Hap going? Where's Willie going? Maybe they're going together. Who knows? Uh, I would love to hear each of your thoughts. Tyler, uh, we'll give you the floor, my man. We, we got to give you the floor first uh, in your uh, your big league debut. I'm going to say Wilson goes to New York. With, Mets? Okay. With Robertson, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I like the I like the the point that, that Juice had made about, about the whole uh, combo package with both of them. I think it's going to be a Met. Ian Hap? Everybody's saying the Padres. I would not be shocked to see him with the Dodgers. Hmm. 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 I like that. I like that. I like that. Joey, uh, I I feel bad making you go last every time. So I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you <laughs> Well, I I do like that call because what do they have in left field for the Dodgers right now? Is it Trace Thompson getting a lot of run? Yeah, Clay. There, you but... mean Clay's little brother? Yeah, Clay, know, yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know, but uh, I don't know. Hey, that, like, that's Chicago White Sox legend Trace Thompson, too. By the way, true, true. Yeah, Just, and Cubs minor league legend. True, Cubs uh, minor league legend Trace Thompson, too. So we we don't give credit to the South Side over here. Um, but I would say, even though I gave credit to the Pirates and Reds, fuck them too. Um, that might be worse. I guess prediction-wise, I'll go – I'm going to say that Contreras winds up in San Diego. I Again, I love the point of packaging him and Robertson together. I think that's – I think the Padres could use relief pitching as well. So 
if you are going to package, it makes sense to go there. I think the Mets really like, uh, to an earlier point of Tyler's, the, the Mets really like, and this is what I've heard too, they really love Thomas Nito, Taiwan Walker and Max Scherzer. It's, it's Max Scherzer, that's his guy. Like he, I don't think he wants to pitch to anybody else. Taiwan Walker loves pitching to Thomas Nito as well. So you are like paying for a DH at that point if you're the Mets most of the time for most starts. Um, so I do think – I think it will be the Padres that end up with Wilson Contreras and probably Robertson. Hap, I think he's going to the Blue Jays. Um, mm. I, I think I the Cubs – I, I think uh, the Cubs can – work something out there with um, that. I don't think they've made a serious move yet. Have they? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I've seen anything out of them yet. Um, no. So I feel like that could be, and there was some smoke on Givens to the Sox. So I'll go ahead and say Michael Givens to the, to the White Sox. Um, I guess those are the real big names. Like the other ones is just kind of like, I have no fucking idea where they're going. So that's kind of just what I'll, I'll stick with that, I guess for now. I like it. Juice. Hap and Givens to Cleveland, and I'm looking at um, Wilson and Robertson to San Diego. I like it. I'm going to piggyback. Um, I'm also going to join the the San Diego crowd for Wilson Contreras. I think that's going to happen. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, in fairness, you can immediately at least catch him once a week because he knows you, Darvish. So that's a quick one right out the gate. There's sense to be made there. I'm sure he could learn to catch another guy pretty quickly too. Maybe a Joe Musgrove who just signed a big extension in San Diego. There's a number of names. Um, I also like the Robertson going there too as well because it's not like they got Hater to couple with Rodgers. They had to give up Rodgers to get Hater. So they probably could use another guy that has closer ability in that back end of the bullpen. You know, maybe he functions more as a setup guy in San Diego, obviously that being Robertson, but who knows. I also agree with the Ian Happ and Givens going together. I think that's going to happen. Um, but I am going to go with somebody completely different than anything that you three have said. And it makes too much sense. And I think it's going to be the Chicago White Sox. Because they need a left-handed bat, they need an outfielder, and they need a relief pitcher. And if the White Sox are going to make a miracle run at the playoffs, they're going to have to go through the Yankees. So, Tyler, to your point – with Michael Givens. They need to get Aaron Judge out somehow because you know he'll hit piss missiles out of that ballpark if they're, they're playing on the south side. I really think it makes a lot of sense for him to go to the White Sox, and I think there's some traction there because there's been some rumors out there that Ian Happ to the Sox and Givens to this. A Givens for sure to the Sox has been a big one that I've seen a couple times, but I've seen a couple little Ian Happ sprinkles in there, and I, I know there's a lot of White Sox fans that don't want it to happen, at least ones that I've talked to, because – you are paying for that extra year of control. But for a team that doesn't like to spend money because they're owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, it makes a whole lot of sense to go get a guy with extra control for a year. I hope you're wrong, though. Holiday. I hate that. I hate their terms. I would hate it, too. I hope I am wrong because usually I am wrong. I'm very used to being wrong, which is fine by me. Um, but that's just – that's my sneaking suspicion. No, and if I, I'm I right, get it. And if I'm right, Juice, you can absolutely yell at me. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll accept No, I won't. I'll never <laughs> yell at you, Ronnie. But uh, no, man. Hey, I, I'll tell you what, guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really interesting to see over the next couple oh, yeah. of hours. I highly encourage anybody that listens to our show, be sure if you're on Twitter, go follow us. We're all going to be putting out thoughts and opinions over the course of the next uh, – carry my one uh, – 
or 22 hours or so as we're recording this live. So it, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot going on. Um, and I certainly hope everybody has enjoyed kind of us uh, spewing off here about the trade deadline. But boys, before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. Everybody can check out all of our great work over at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. Follow the pod specific accounts here at Cubbies on Tap. That's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on the Bluebird at Joey is at Joey knows nothing that ends in I N because that stands for Win Baby. Juice is at Juice on Tap and Tyler is at Teddy Freddy two seventy. Make sure to follow all of us. Be also sure to follow at Bulls Guy Rob. He's been doing a lot of Cubs writing for us now. Very excited about Mr. Rob Wegley. Uh, we're going to hope to get him on the show as well here, kind of down the stretch, as will you, Tyler. You did admirably beautifully in your in your hey, your big league hey, debut hey, today. So hey. you you get to you get to stay on the big league roster. We're all not going right, to send you back. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, make sure to and Brandon M. Kane does a lot of writing for us as well. Be sure to follow all of those guys. Um, and everybody else that contributes to Cubs on Tap. You know, the drill, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, we got it all. And, yes, Cubs fans, we all got friends that like the Southsiders. Send them over to our buddies at Sox on Tap. They do a great job covering the guys at 35th and Shields. Once again, ontapsportsnet.com, at ontapsportsnet on social media, the ontap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Gentlemen, this was a treat. This honestly was. We haven't done a four-person panel in a long time. Uh, Tyler, it was great to finally get you on the mic. We've been trying to do this for – God knows how long. So I'm happy it yeah. finally happened. And Me too. Me too. again, 22 hours, give or take, maybe 21 and a half. Uh, as of you know, me saying this here live, probably gonna be a lot of shit that happens uh, before five o'clock central time tomorrow. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it all here over at on tap sports net. So uh, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. And uh, what do you boys say? We get out here. The only way to know how a Cubs on tap. Fuck the Cardinals. Get the next guy, whoever that Mike, is. Mike Rizzo, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and let's go, Gumpies. Don't, don't do it.